Welcome to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future one minute at a time. I'm Nick Amenez. I'm Scott Corelli. Welcome to Minute 4, guys. Happy Thursday. We're almost, uh, we're almost through the first week. Yeah. So, uh, so, so walk us through this minute, Scott, like an, over, an overview. So, so Minute 4, uh, going back to Minute 4, we, which starts with uh, someone entering the garage um and and ends ends on a uh, on that same person uh holding a guitar a very tiny guitar <laughs> a very Michael J Fox size guitar <laughs> even small for him yeah it's very it's very tiny um so okay so right off the bat right this person who walked in who who is entering this garage we know knows knows this per- the person who owns the garage doc or, uh, or at least knows that he keeps a key under the mat. So clearly, a, a man that has some familiarity with, um, with this man, with Doc. Right. You know what else I notice? Friends, lovers. You know what else I notice? No. Outside, more Burger King cups. <laughs> like outside the door? Yeah, yeah. Outside, yeah. Just like like in the driveway. So he's an so he's he's an addict. Well, well he's leave, he's I mean, it's errantly... either that or there's just, you know, there, there's vagrants and they're they're just like <laughs> throwing their, their garbage in his yard. Yeah, throw it. He won't care. He's crazy. Yeah. Ah, crazy old man. Crazy I mean, old Emmett Brown. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of that kooky like, old scientist. He burned down his whole family. <laughs> just he burned down his whole family. <laughs> burned him alive. <laughs> he's crazy. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, so so Burger King cups, um, a staple of uh, of the uh, of the Back to the Future franchise. Yeah, uh, the shoes being worn by the individual entering the garage are Nike Bruins, uh, which that style of Nike uh, of low top Nikes began in 1972. That's when they were first they first came out, and they are still around to this day. And Nike. if you're wondering if they'll look as cool on you as they do him, they will not. They won't. They never. They never do. Never. It's like the. It's like uh, Ryan Gosling's drive jacket. Yeah, yeah. Um, Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 20, I do. 2011 was a weird time. Yeah. Um. So now I think we can be pretty unless 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 this guy is as much of a monster as as Doc Brown is. Uh, I think we can we can surmise that Einstein is in fact a dog, uh, and not and not a prisoner, and not a prisoner, unless he also treats uh, Albert Einstein like a dog. Um, yeah, which, was Albert Einstein? Uh, um, Albert Einstein had 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 left this world by 1985, correct? Oh yeah, I would assume so because he was he was like ancient in the 50s. Okay, yeah, remember I, I, don't, I don't remember that yeah. movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Of course, Walter, I remember Walter Matthau. Yeah, I've been um, wahoo. <laughs> I, I wanted to say uh, died, but as we all know, when uh, Albert Einstein's uh, colleague passed away, when asked if he was sad, Albert Einstein says, oh, "Well, men like us, we know that past and present and future, and you know matters such as life and death, are just figments of the human mind." Mm. Wahoo. <laughs> <laughs> I 
It's a very disquieting uh, moment. I think the it, question: Are we going to beat IQ as the most obscure reference? I don't know. The we've, course of this podcast, I don't know. We 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 dropped some heavy stuff this week. <laughs> IQ. Um, what was that? What was that weird Dan Aykroyd movie we referenced yesterday? Oh yeah, uh, the one where he was like the one he directed. Yeah, the one he directed where he was like the judge. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know. What was I supposed to research between minutes? Did I do that? I forgot. Uh, um, so um, <laughs> pretty big, pretty big uh, credits listing in this episode, Scott. Um, yes. What I, I like to call the uh, the three horsemen, uh, right. Steven Spielberg, sure. Frank Marshall, and uh, of course, crazy Kathleen Kennedy. I, you know what's insane about Kathleen Kennedy being executive producer of this movie? Like – I I I mean I I guess I just didn't know that she was that old. Like yeah. to have been an executive producer, like not just like a PA or something, but be an executive producer of a movie made in 1985. Well, Kathleen Kennedy is only 62. But she's that old? Yeah. She doesn't but- she doesn't look remotely that old. But yeah, but she's 62, which means I I seriously, I'm not even lying. If you would have asked me, how old do you think Kathleen Kennedy is? I would have been like, I don't know, 48? Yeah, Kathleen Kennedy is a, is a, is a G. That's insane. Kathleen Kennedy is a boss. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, okay, these are Kathleen Kennedy's, this is Kathleen Kennedy's filmography, all right? All right. Get ready, I'm about to drop some silence Kathleen, on wait, wait, before you do that, Kathleen Kennedy, for those of you who don't know, because uh, you've been living under a rock or you don't really pay attention to that stuff. She co-founded Amblin Entertainment. Well, she did, but she she currently she is she has been given the keys to the kingdom of Star Wars. Like, she's the, she is George Lucas's successor. She's the Kevin Feige of the Star Wars universe. Yes, correct. Arguably, so that's where we are now. That's who Kathleen Kennedy is now. So but, tell us the road that she's been on. Okay. Yeah. Uh it just it just hit me. Yeah, she arguably has the most control of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Um, even, like, more so than Abrams, more so than, like, Kasdan. Yeah. But she, not she, more she, so than the uh, the Creative Council, or whatever they call them. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, <laughs> this, the the World Security Council. Yeah, like, those people, like, in the room that decide what's the continuity and what isn't. Yeah, they're the ones that tried to get um, Nick Fury to disband the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, those um, people. Those horrible people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wasn't one of them, like, David Powers, or Powers Booth? I, yeah, I think so. And then uh, another one was the uh, the actress. I think her name's Jenny something. I forget the actress, the the female lead in um, American Werewolf in London. Oh, dope. Yeah, she was one of them too. Um, okay, so she was an associate to Mr. Spielberg. Okay. In Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, she was an associate producer on Poltergeist, a producer in ET, associate producer of Twilight Zone, the movie specifically segment two. And then at that point, I guess Steven Spielberg was like, "Hey, Kath, crazy Kath, look, you've been you've been running, you've been my right hand for so long. I'm giving you, I'm giving you the keys to your own to your own car." And then she's mm-hmm. like, "All right, boom, 1984, executive producer, The Gremlins, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, okay, The Color Purple, okay, and Young Sherlock Holmes." Oh. All of those were under her belt by the time she executive produced Back to the Future. Wow! So she was she was she was money by the time Back to the Future rolled. Yeah, out. I mean, no, I mean, like she was kind of 
Yeah, I mean, like, if, if, you know, if Steven Spielberg was Dre, I would say that Kathleen Kennedy was, like, either Eazy-E or Cube. Nice. <laughs> and Frank Marshall was, like, is the other one. You know what I mean? Like, whichever one Kathleen Kennedy is, then, like, Frank Marshall would be the other one. Okay. Um, so, in Seinfeld terms... In Seinfeld terms... Uh, Spielberg was Jerry... Yeah, and Kathleen, Kathleen Kennedy was Elaine, Elaine, and and Frank Marshall was George, George. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Robert Zemeckis was uh, Kramer. Okay, uh, and then after Back to the Future, she went on to do uh, the Goonies. Just whatever director they happen to be working with, that yeah, was Kramer. Yeah, of course, um, the Goonies, an American Tale, um, the Money Pit. You know, they can't all be winners. Um, Batteries Not Included, Empire of the Sun, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I mean. Name name a name a Spielberg movie, and she was involved with it. Yeah, and now kind of going into the um into the new the new decade, she became uh, she, like a DreamWorks person for a while. Yeah, she did right? become a DreamWorks person. She recently produced uh, Lincoln. Okay, uh, Lincoln was sort of her last um, non Star Wars related project. Okay, and then understandably, you know, Star Wars has taken up most of her time. Right. All right. Interesting. So, yeah, and then Frank Marshall. I mean, I could we could do a whole podcast about Frank Marshall. I mean, he worked with. Peter Bogdanovich, he was like an associate producer on The Last Picture Show, The Last Waltz. Wow. He was an executive, his first executive producer credit was uh, The Warriors. Wow. Is he still around? Oh, no, he, yeah, he's definitely still around. He, oh. uh, okay, what's his like most recent, um, yeah, because he's, he, he also became a DreamWorks guy. Okay. Um, so his, his, his like, uh, his big successes were, um, the Bourne movies, like those were his. Um, Benjamin Button. I mean, he and uh, he and Kathleen Kennedy share a lot of movies. Um, and then he's recently he's got the uh, the BFG and the Assassin's Creed coming out. Oh, Assassin's Creed, right? Wow, and yeah, BFG. Gotta, BFG is uh, Spielberg. Spielberg, yeah, yeah. I got a good feeling about um about Assassin's Creed. I do too. Weirdly, I shouldn't, but I do. Yeah, you know, a part of you wants to say like, you know, I won't get fooled again, but yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm too optimistic to not be. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Fosbender, some people call it gullible. I call it optimistic. <laughs> yeah. Um. So all right. So that's interesting. Uh, the uh, the the Nike Bruins, uh, they they <laughs> kick a skateboard, and a really cool shot of. Uh, you know, I, I'm a really big fan of like you know the following the skateboard, and then it like bumps into a vat of plutonium, Scott. Yeah, plutonium case. There's yeah. the plutonium. The lady from the TV was talking about. It's in this place, and and Marty doesn't even notice. Yeah. Also, I don't know if you noticed this, but did you notice that there's a clock on the floor that the skateboard goes by, and it has the correct time. It's eight twenty. Interesting. Yeah, it's the only clock in there with the correct time. If only Marty had seen that clock. Yeah. Although, what which clock could you trust, really? Exactly. And, yeah. you know, if he was late for school, if he, if he was on time, it would have cost us one of the greatest uh, musical scenes of all time. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a it's a good it's a good moment. It's a good moment. It's a good shot. Yeah, it's a it's a great shot. And it's in and, and right after the plutonium uh, bit. That's our first cut in the movie. Yeah. That's our very first cut. Um, and like all, you realize everything that came before that was one shot. Yeah. 
from the, suck it Birdman. Yeah. From the opening shot to the plutonium case, that was one shot, um, which is impressive to me considering it was like mostly close-ups. It was yeah. it, it, like the, uh, the, the focus, like uh, the focus puller was working um, uh-huh. in that, in that point, because there was a lot of like pull, pulling back, like, you know, pulling back the camera, pushing the camera in going like, you know, it was panning and everything. Like it's, it's crazy. We should, um, we, should, we should really find out who that, uh, who the puller was. Yeah. Who the focus puller was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so we what get our first is? cut at three minutes and 22 seconds. And we cut to some sort of mechanism <laughs> that is some labeled. Kind of... Yeah. Some sort of mechanism that is labeled CRM one, one, four. It's a, it's a keyhole and there's a, a switch and a dial. Um, and it's CRM one one four. So I wanted to know what what is this CRM one one four thing, right? So yeah. I looked it up. Turns out CRM one one four is a reference to Doctor Strangelove, which is uh, um, there's a machine in Doctor Strangelove that uh, is used to like stop them from stopping the atomic launch or whatever. Have you seen Doctor mm-hmm. Strangelove? Oh yeah, many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there's like a machine that like stops them from la- from from stopping like from not launching the nuclear thing, yeah. and that machine was the uh, was the CRM one one four. And then since Doctor Strange Love, the CRM one one four has been in a ton of movies. I love I love stuff like this. Yeah, like so, like the See You Next Thursday. You know, right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So uh, the CRM, um, let's see. So let's see. CRM 114 Discriminator was a piece of radio equipment in Dr. Strangelove. Um, oh, the destruction of which presents prevents the crew of a B-52 from hearing the recall code that would stop them from dropping their atomic bombs. So it was a ra- piece of radio equipment that, that got destroyed. And then the B-52s, like, didn't hear the recall code, so they so they launched their, their atomic bombs. Spoilers for Dr. Strangelove. Right. A movie from the 60s. <laughs> uh, so so then CRM-114 was then used. It, it recurs in, like, uh, many of K- K- Kubrick's other films. So, like, 2000, it's in 2001. Um, one of the pods was a CRM-114. And Eyes Wide Shut. Um, the mortuary is located on level level C room one one four, and then there's a bunch of references and other things. So like in Deep Space Nine, uh, a CRM one one four is a power hand weapon uh, produced by the Breen, and uh, there's a financial tra- transaction form in Fun with Dick and Jane that's called a CRM one one four, and so there's just in, in heroes, there's a there's a catalog code for a Kensei sword that hero yeah. is searching for. It says the catalog co- the catalog uh, code was a CRM one one four. Yeah, I just I love I love the sort of the fraternity of filmmakers. Yeah, Men in Black. There's a bunker on the beach with an ID. Men in Black Three, I should say. There's a bunker uh, on the beach with an ID of CRM one one four. So it's. I I I just I like that I like I like the yeah. reoccurring I mean it's no it's no a one one three 
But yeah, I mean that's sort of the classic, right? Yeah, but it's uh, it's 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 interesting. Like, I, like I like, like I like this. Oh yeah, I mean it's sort of like it's how like, you know it's like the hipster. Uh, it's the yeah. hipster recurring code. Or you know it's kind of like a less uh, it's kind of like a more subtle like R two D two being like in the debris of a starship. Right. Uh, so then we start seeing him, and he's 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 plugging he's plugging stuff in. He clearly he's clearly comfortable, you know, twiddling about in the lab. Yeah. So he turns this key, um, which I just realized uh, that CRM one one four thing. It was a thing to stop a nuclear. Uh, it, it stopped them from stopping a nuclear launch, and it looks like because he has to turn a key to turn it on. It really does look like. He's launching uh, like nukes. Sure, yeah. You know, um, so he's going through. He's flipping on all these switches. Uh, it's something like something like eight or nine switches, and then he turns a, the dials all the way up. Primary power, primary driver, um, overdrive. So, so he's turning something all the way up, whatever it is. Mm. Uh, and and. You're just seeing like all the needles bury, and then he puts in a guitar plug and puts sort of in a fun little joke. Yeah, and plugs that into a guitar, and then turns the guitar all the way up, and we see that uh, whoever this person is uh, is playing a very small guitar, and this guitar is an Earl Wine Chiquita, which it was developed in 1979 by Max Erlwin and Billy uh, Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top. Nice. Which is interesting because of Back to the Future 3. Of course, yeah. Yeah. So uh so it's a Z Z top guitar. Um and it's uh it's very it's very small. It's very small. Erwin Chiquita. Erwin Chiquita, there's your history lesson for today. Yeah. All right. Uh that's all the notes I got for this minute. You got anything? No, no, no. I'll be totally honest. I'm just looking up uh, movies that A1113 has been in, and it's a lot. Well, uh, all right. So that's uh, that's minute four um, in the books and uh, our short our shortest episode yet. Yeah, we're running out of steam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're running out of steam. Pretty soon these are going to be 30 seconds long. Um, no, that's not true. No. Uh, there's just There was a lot of switch flipping, and there's not really a lot to talk about with switch flipping and, and dial turning. Sure. So, um, I mean, we found a way with the clocks. <clears throat> yeah, no, but we can only, we're, we're just men. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, all right. So we'll be back, uh, tomorrow to talk about minute five and finish up our first week of, uh, back to the future minute. Um, until then, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter, BTTF minute, uh, on Twitter, uh, go to our website, backtothefutureminute.com, leave comments, uh, check us out on iTunes, subscribe to the show, leave, uh, reviews, please. Cause that's, uh, that's helpful. Yeah. And, you uh, found just... CRM 114 at a movie at the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Um, and then, uh, finally, uh, just tell people like spread the word about the show. People are new and we want, we want the listeners. So, all right, guys, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow with minute five. Bye. Thursday.